This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome along for the final time this week to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Week two of the Asian Swing. I wish it could be Asian Swing every week. Noddy Holder sings about wish it could be Christmas every day. I wish it'd be the Asian Swing every week. Uh, sure, now seeing the ATP Tour handicapper, we've had a good couple of weeks, haven't we? It's a good end of sort of form, hitting quite well on the Asian Swing. Yeah, it's always a. I think it always gives us an advantage or, or an edge um, that we don't have in other other tournaments. You know, because th- there's the traveling involved, there's the jet lag, there's the motivation, no motivation sort of factor, and that I think that makes it harder for the layers. I think it makes it better for us because there is that edge, and you don't get that a lot of the a lot of the tournaments for the players are just in Europe. You know, no traveling involved really. Obviously, majors there's a big motivation for everybody, so there's there isn't really that edge there. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed the Asian swing because it does provide um, a bit of a test for the layers. They can't have it all their own way. It is one of them things, though, isn't it? Like we've seen this season more so than ever. I mean, I've been working, with, I've known of you and we've worked, we've known each other for a long time, but I've been working very close with you the last two years. But it seems as though this season is if we get it right, get the right read of the tournament, we have a brilliant tournament. If we get the wrong read at the beginning of the tournament, we have a, we have a very poor tournament. You know, we, and it's so essential to get that court speed, how you think it's going to go, how, how the player's mindset, as you touched on there. And this mm. week, we seem to be get reading the games right. Even though some of the one, some of the bets haven't cashed, I think we've read the match, well, you've read the match, absolutely spot on. Yeah, we had, we had a few winners, haven't we? And most of the leans were correct as well. The only, there's only one or two, I think, that weren't. Um, Unlucky with the bets that lost actually Shang, yeah. against against um, Nishioka. He was one point one three in running, a set and a break up. Then his his body let him down. I, I even alluded to that, didn't I, on the on the podcast that we did. He is not. I think I said he's not the the strongest physical specimen, and you know, so it proved again he could. I don't know, he should have retired actually. Not that it would have made any difference because it was it was the final set, but you know he couldn't move after sort of the end of the second set. Really, he sort of struggled through the third. Uh, and Struff had his chances as well. He, he had um, a couple of breakpoint chances to serve for that first set against uh, Rude, and he, he didn't take those chances. Two pretty poor errors there that he should have made. And um, yeah, close and no, put no cigar on those two. But yeah, the rest of them were um, were good. Yeah, we're reading them right. We haven't spoke about the tournament in Astana, in Kazakhstan, um, since we started the the, the week on Tuesday. We, we spoke about the outright markets. We haven't really had a, a little catch up. So we've got two matches we're going to talk about in Astana. But before we go on to those matches, just, you know, this is the first time I had a, a good chat about the, the conditions and what they expected. I mean, we pretty much read it, what we expected in Beijing. Is it, is it what you expected in Astana? Yeah, pretty much the same as it's always been. Slow, not easy to hit winners. Um, you know, defenders can can do well on this court. Um, it's obviously an indoor court, so you can still go for your shots, but it's not it's not easy to hit clean winners unless you've got a lot of power. Um, which is which is good for for our, our well certainly one of the outrights Leheka who's who's into the quarterfinals. Or both are outrights there into the mm. quarterfinals, aren't they? With with very just looking at the sheet, very winnable matches 
um, to, to progress further. So, yeah, it's, it's slow. Um, there has been quite a few tie breaks, but that's, that's not because it's quick. It's just because, for example, Popperin today against against Corder, we had Popperin plus three and a half, didn't we? Uh, I think he went zero from seven on break point chances, and that's that's kind of what it's been. A lot of players not taking their break point chances. It's not it's not a quick court by any means. It's it is slow, um, you know, as far as uh, indoor courts are concerned. So it's 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 as we thought. They're using Wilson balls, makes it a little bit quicker, but it's still on the slow side. Yeah, on the slow conditions in Astana. And the first match we're going to talk about is uh, Marcus Giron up against Dominic Team. Now, Marcus Giron. He's had a, a couple of decent uh, results recently. Uh, he got beat uh, Bublik uh, in uh, Shenzhou. Uh, he also beat uh, Barinka in uh, round one here in Astana. Dominic Team is a player that uh, you know he's had his problems. That you, you've looked, you've broke down the figures of him, and you you you, you disagree with the public opinion of him. That, that he's always seemed to be a player. The Austrian always seems to be a player that's always been bet former U.S. Open champion, as we know. He always seems to be bet, and the public seem to think that he may come back to winning ways. I'm not surprised again to see him being supported in the early flurries with Bet Rivers. He's now uh, down to plus 105 from an opening plus 110. Uh, Marcus Gion is in the minus 130 favourite. And Gion, if he is going to win this and justify the minus money, he's got to overcome a 2 0 head to head deficit with team leading 2 0. Uh, in 2021 and 2022. Uh, if you look at the spread in this match, it's one and a half. Giron is an even money favourite, giving up one and a half. Dominic team, uh, minus one, uh, plus one and a half is minus 129. And the total is uh, sort of sort of steady 22 and a half here with the overs, the marginal favourite at minus 125. Um, uh, Marcus Giron, not really been in great form. You know, the, the US Open was poor and the build-up to the US Open was poor, but a, a big win against Ravinka. And uh, Dominic Team, this is his first match since he played in the US Open, got beat by Ben Shelton, where we've had to force out uh, injured. And he played quite well in the first round, um, admittedly against uh, Virales, but um, played quite well. What do you think of this one? He looks better, Team, now than he has for me at any stage of this wrist injury comeback. But when I first looked at this match, it was it was priced up dead even. And that, that kind of had me interested in, in gear on, but He's about what one point seven seven ish now. He's yeah minus one thirty on Bet Rivers. So let's yeah pretty much about that. And Dominic Team did touch uh, plus one ten, but uh, the money's come back, and it looks as though the money's going to it could go back again. The Giron could get back to around about minus minus one twenty if the market support for Team continues. I think it might. Do. I think the public money might come for him. If it goes back to joint favourites, I'm I'm happy to take Giron. Um, I watched all of his match against Vavrinka. There wasn't a sniff of a of a break point chance. At all, three tie breaks. Um, Giron just had the edge, very, very slight edge. There were tiny, tiny margins in that match. Um, going back to to one of their previous matches, which was in Gijon, I think last year, uh, if I remember rightly, on in, on indoor hard, Giron had a break point to serve for a straight sets win that day. Very similar conditions there in Spain to, to what it is here in Astana. Failed to take that break point chance and ended up losing the set, and then he completely collapsed in the deciding set. Um, so he certainly had his chances there, uh, Giron, but he just didn't take them. As I say, what I watched all that match against Vavrinka. It was a very disciplined performance indeed from from Giron. You know, and if he finds that sort of level again, he's got a good chance here. I think he can break down that team forehand or the backhand. I think he can certainly break it down if he's as disciplined as he was against Vavrinka. It's a, a similar kind of matchup against another single hander um, for Giron. But I mean. If he finds that level again, I'd be very interested in backing him at, at even money if, if he gets, you know, a slight favourite, joint favourites. Um, 
the issue has been consistency for, for Gear. On I mentioned it on one of the shows the other the other day. Just not able to string wins together. Um, but let's let's look take a look at the stats. Team has looked better lately, but they are, the 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 data is still not there for him. This season, twenty twenty three main level away from clay. We know Giron's not a clay man, and team is. So I've taken all the other services into account here. Giron forty three percent win rate and a service points one return points one total of one hundred and one. Team twenty five percent win rate and a total of ninety six. And he's only broken serve thirteen point seven percent of the time. So massive struggles away from his favourite clay Dominic team. Service hold break tails are, are, are closer. Still gear on with the edge, 97 to 96. Um, the only two matches teams actually won at main level this season that weren't on clay were that match against Virilas um, that you mentioned a minute ago and a win against Bublik in New York. I'm not not sure that amounts to much because, you know, Bublik, we'll come on to him in a minute, um, but not not in great form since the grass swing. So my, my lean here is gear on. If, if, it, if the prices had stayed as they were, I'd have taken gear on as an official play, but that, that's too short. If, it, if he goes back out, then I'm interested. Yep. Currently minus 130. Dominic team plus 105. Check the Bet Rivers website. As I keep saying, it starts at 4.40 a.m. Eastern time in the early hours of Saturday morning. If that line does drift back uh, for Marcus Huron and Dominic team does get heavily supported by the public, he may be uh, worth a small play or a lean for Marcus Huron is our bit uh, advice on that one. Uh, the next match we're going to talk about is Sebastian Ofner up against Alexander Bublik. Alexander Bublik, obviously, this is his home tournament. He's, a, he's from Kazakhstan, and he's a heavy favourite, minus 210. He's been very, very heavily supported all day today since these lines opened up. He's 35 in the world. He's up against Sebastian Ofner, who's 58 in the world. Um, they have met once before. Bublik did win it in 2018 on a hard court in New York. But Ofner is better in slower conditions. Uh, he's much better clay uh, player. Uh, Bublik is much better when it's quicker. So um, I think the money is probably to do with the fact that he's got the home support behind him and he's going to not lack any motivation from his perspective. Uh, the spread here is two and a half. Offner receiving two and a half is minus 103. Bublik giving up two and a half is minus 125. And again, the total here is 22 and a half with uh, over the favourite at, sorry, the underdog minus 109, under the favourite at minus 117. Uh, do you think the money's right to come for Bublik in these conditions? Very, very heavily supported over the last couple of hours. I wouldn't be backing Bublik with anybody's no. money at that price. Nobody's money at all on this on this planet would I be backing Bublik at, at those odds. Um, I'm not sure he's fit. He pulled, he's, he's already pulled out of next week's tournament in Shanghai, which is usually played in the quickest conditions of the season. So you would think if you're Bublik, you want to play in that tournament because you've got a better chance there than most other tournaments. Already pulled out. Not sure why. Um, if he is carrying an injury, you know, he might just be fulfilling his obligations to play here for the tournament. I mean, he's not technically from Kazakhstan. He's Russian, but he he, he plays for Kazakhstan. Um, his record here isn't particularly great. And I, I personally think that's because it's too slow for him. You know, he's 3-3 win-loss. And he's only won 41% of his second serve points at this tournament. So not great at this tournament, question mark over his fitness. He hasn't won a set since Wimbledon, other than in Davis Cup where he played on clay, I think it was actually against lower ranked, much lower ranked opposition. Aside from that, he's not won a set since Wimbledon. Lost the other day in double, 6-2, 6-2, albeit with a, a much lower ranked partner. So I'm not sure how much of that was, was his fault, but I think there's an awful lot of question marks. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to back public at, at very much odds on anyway. I can't think of many circumstances where I'd want to back public at that price. Um, often it was, was good. You know, he had a, a poor start against Fuksovic. That's a really good win for him 
over Fuksovic. I mean, Fuksovic had a bad serving day. He couldn't get his first serves in at all. He was down at about 30-odd percent at one stage, Fuksovic. But that said, Offner won almost 20% more second serve points than Fuksovic did in that match. So impressive and, and perhaps slightly surprising performance from Offner. Fuksovic was very well supported in the market um, for that match. If I was betting in this match, I, I would take Offner. I'm not... Mm-hmm. Definitely not of a mind to to be um, back in public at those odds. I was quite like enough there at plus one sixty five here, and especially you know, that's a, why on earth is public retired for an ATP Tour one thousand event in Shanghai already? You've got to assume he's not fit. The other side yeah. of the coin is that people might say, "Oh, he's he's putting all his efforts in here, but he's only got to play how many matches he's got to play here? One, two, three, or four. Yeah. It's not if he's fit, you would think that he'd want to win this tournament." And then go with some momentum into Shanghai, where it's where it's quick. But pulling out of there, that that isn't a good sign for me. No, not at all. And Offner is available at plus one sixty five. Offner defied the money move in round one. Could he defy the money move in round two against Alexander Bublik? Uh, we'll wait and see. So they're the two matches in Astana. Astana. What time does that match start? The Bublik starts at eight a.m. in the morning. And remember, you can uh, watch the matches if you have place a bet on the Bet Rivers website. You can live stream the matches from the comfort of your own home on your computer or tablet. Um, just one thing you touched on there, it's the Shanghai 1000 event next week, um, and we're going to have that covered here. It's the one of the final ATP Tour 1000 events. There's one more remaining in Paris, which Sean will be on later on at the end of next month. Uh, but uh, that, as usual here, we in this Asian swing, they start days are different. So please make a note that the podcast will be on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So this is the final one this week. Next week again, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we may have a couple of other ones later on in the tournament to cover the latter stage of that tournament. But uh, that's the last event in the uh, Asian swing. And then we will be back in Europe the following week. We'll be back to normal on the schedule. So if you keep messaging me on Sunday, asking where the podcast is, you've only got another couple of weeks wait till we get back to Europe for normality. Okay, let's move across to Beijing, uh, where the conditions are a lot quicker. Uh, and there are a lot of nighter, better, more quality matches, quality players. I did highlight yesterday what a real um, brilliant card there was yesterday. And, and tomorrow's card looks equally as good as well. Some great matches. Let's start off with a match which does look like a very entertaining match. It's at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's Alexander Zverev, uh, a man in form, played an awful lot of tennis at the moment. He's minus 235 against the extremely talented, but uh, the enigma that is Alexandra uh, Davidovich Vakina, a man I love watching. But I absolutely loathe betting on. Um, Alexander Zverev is in great form. As I said, he does lead the head-to-head 3-1. He has played a lot of tennis. Uh, He beat Schwarzman in the first round here. He also won the final in Zhengdu. And he he plays an opponent in uh, Davidovich Vakina, who come through very easily in a a very easy match in the first round here in Beijing. But this is a much tougher challenge against an opponent that has beaten him three times and is in great form. Uh, The spread here is three and a half. Uh, Zverev given up three and a half, minus 103. Davidovich Fikina plus three and a half, minus 125. And again, the total was pitched at 22 and a half with over minus 113 and under minus 125. Sean. Yeah, I'm taking the enigma here. I'm happy to take the enigma that is Davidovich Vakina. Uh, I took him at two to one earlier. I think he's plus 185, I think, mm-hmm. last time I looked. Um, yeah, there's there's, an, there's a lot of reasons for this. I mean, Davidovich won extremely convincingly the last the last time this pair met, 6-1, 6-2, six, six, um, on a very similar-paced hard court to this one in Toronto. Um, I mean, it was 6-1, six, 6-2 six, suggests it was one side, and it was extremely one side. I think it's very only won three of his second serve points all day that day. So 
yes, the head-to-head previously has been in favour of Zero, but they were they were quite a while ago. I mean, you couldn't get much more convincing win for Davidovich than that one. Uh, and I think he could be playing Zero at the right time here as well. I mean, he had a very long week in Chengdu last week. Zverev, pretty much all of his matches went the distance um, against the likes of Kotov, Kekmanovic, Saflin was a set and a breakup against him. Schwartzman today had to go three sets. So he's he's winning, but he's, you know, to, to coin a Brad Gilbert phrase, he's kind of winning ugly. He's not, he's not doing, he's not setting anybody alight. It's not, it's not stunning. It's, it's very workmanlike from him. Um, if you look at the stats, 2023 main level on this surface, outdoor hard, it's actually Davidovich Fakina that has the advantage. Zarev's got a slightly better win rate, but only by 1%, 68% win rate for him. And his service points one and return points one total is 104. Davidovich Fakina, 67% win rate and 105. So slight advantage to him on that. And in terms of the service hold and break totals, it's a big advantage to Davidovich, 111 his total is compared to 104 for Zverev. So with Zverev having played an awful lot of tennis in the last last week, I mean, Davidovich has had a simple round one match. I think he was only on court for an hour and 10 minutes in his first round match, and that was yesterday. So he he should, in theory, have a lot more in the tank. You know, he, he knows how to beat Zverev. I'm more than happy to take a, a chance on uh, Davidovich at these odds. Yeah, plus 185, Davidovich, the Spaniard who has all the talent in the world, but uh, if it gets a bit tight, so does he. It's very tight. It's the old under half serve coming. You can have all kind of uh, shenanigans yeah, going not, on I'm there. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy ride, but <laughs> let's face it, it probably won't be. But I'm happy to take those odds in these circumstances. Olga Rune, he's next player in action up against Grigor Dimitrov in what looks a very Nice looking last 16 match. So uh, hopefully Holger Rune is quite fit in, in this match. And he, he looked quite well against our pick. Felix Auger-Alessimo was very poor today. And uh, Holger Rune, Rune uh, got the better of him to end a seven match losing run. Um, before we look at this match, really, do you think that's probably that the fact that uh, Felix Auger-Alessimo played terribly rather than Holger Rune playing in, in any well? But uh, the market, people, have, the betting public has started to bet Holger Rune today uh, for this match. He's now down to one, minus 118. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov is minus 106. Grigor Dimitrov hasn't won a tennis a tennis tournament for a long, long time. I, mean, I don't know the last time he won one, but it must have been a long time ago. They met at Wimbledon in 2023 this year. Holger Rune won in three uh, sets to one. A couple of close sets in there, 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. Uh, and the record this year is uh, probably a better one for Grigor Dimitrov on the hard court, 13 8 compared to Holger Rune, who is 10-8. If you look at the handicap, it's again one and a half, and the total is 22 and a half again. Every single match, 22 and a half at the moment. And this one is a dead pick-up match, minus 114 for the overs, minus 112 for the unders. Um, Holger Rune, do you, do you think he's back? Do you think his fitness is back? Or do you, would you be confident betting him? Or do you think it was a typical sort of end-of-year performance from a very out-of-form Felix today? I didn't really see much of that match because I had about it three or four matches. I watched it on. It was in the background. I'd ride the cup on. I had that match on because obviously I had back Felix to win it and I was writing some soccer stuff. So I was sitting there doing that. But uh, what I saw of it, it did look very poor, actually. It's one match that I didn't see. I saw bits of, of most of them, but I didn't really see that one because I was probably watching someone else at the time. Um, I feel like I've missed out on a bit of value today, to be honest. I, I feel like I've missed out the value on gear and I feel like I've missed out the value on rune as well um which is a problem when you when you're trying to work the day ahead but you've still got 
the majority of the current day's matches to watch. It, it's it makes it quite difficult. And normally I'm quite good at trying to trying to get the early value, but I, I feel like I've missed out today. I, I did see Rune at about uh, plus one ten. I think he was. Mm, well, it, do you know what? There's been a couple of moves today in the first two hours of trading that have been big moves. Algarun is one of them. He's, you know, he's gone from plus 110 to minus 118 in about two and a half hours, three hours of opening up these yeah, lines. Yeah, it was quick. It that was is a quick. big move and quite a quick move. So the market definitely thinks that he's there. And Grigor Dimitrov was, I saw a couple of things on Twitter today. A lot of people were complaining about his performance, saying he's just going through the motions, although he won. So motivation is well. a question there. <laughs> he he did win, but was it more a question of Mackenzie McDonald lost? I mean, mm. that one did I did watch quite a bit of that one. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about Mackenzie McDonald. He's done this before, you know. He he was what six two five one ahead, McDonald. Yep. I mean, we we got very lucky. I mean, it's not often that we've I can say that this year. Um, it feels like it's we've lost a lot of matches from those sort of positions, but this time. We won one, but but that said, I, I did have the right idea anyway. It was it was that bet was about opposing Dimitrov at the price. If I'd have taken McDonald on the handicap, we, we probably would have been done and dusted within about half an hour, forty five minutes. But in the end, it, it took a, a, a quite epic choke from McDonald. Not the first time he's he's done that um, for Dimitrov to win it. But yeah, for a lot of that match, Dimitrov did look a little bit lethargic, to say the least. Um, but I mean, as far as Rune, if if, if Rune is over that back injury. I think he's got an excellent chance. The two, the two point one, I just didn't get it. So, you know, that's that's just tough for me, unfortunately. Um, let's just look at the stats on the stats that you just mentioned as well. The outdoor hard, um, Dimitrov has a slight advantage. Holgerun, fifty six percent win rate and a service points one and return points one total of one hundred and two in the last twelve months on this surface. Dimitrov, slightly better, fifty eight percent win rate and one hundred and four total. So, on those odds, you can kind of see why it's. It was priced up. Sorry, those odds. That data you can see why it's priced up what it was. But if you isolate matches played against top twenty opposition by both of these guys, there's a there's a huge, huge difference in favour of Holger Rune. I've taken the records of both these guys against top twenty opposition in the last twelve months on all surfaces. Rune has a sixty seven percent win rate and a service points one return points one total of one hundred and one. Dimitrov has a thirty percent win rate. And a 94 total. He's 614 win loss in the last 12 months against top 20 players, Dimitrov. If I took it, I, I then thought, well, maybe this is because it's clay. Um, I thought maybe a lot of these matches were played on clay. Not really the case. I took clay out of the equation. And it's still very similar. It's actually slightly better for Rune. 70% win rate and a 99 total. Dimitrov falls to a 27% win rate and a 95 total. So I can see where this move for Rune has come from. Rune obviously also beat Dimitrov as underdog, as you said in um, at the Wimbledon uh, tournament earlier on in the year. So, if I'd have taken, if I'd have been kind of alive enough to, <laughs> at the time to take two point one, which unfortunately I wasn't, then that would have been a bet. Again, if he if he goes back out, then it's a bet, but it's just too short for me now. Yeah, we missed the uh, the boat there. Very unlike you, Sean, to miss the. Uh... Yeah, the There's too many but, matches going on. Yeah. There was I was watching Manorino and then I was watching a bit of the heck, and then I was watching other matches in Beijing as well. There was all sorts going on. There's too much tennis going on I've at the same the time. Ride, I missed I've, it. I've got the Ryder Cup on here as well. And I'm watching that while I'm talking to you. And it's, I'm, no I'm, chance I'm, of me seeing I'm, a single putt in that at all. Well, I got no 
no time for that, unfortunately. This is this is my favourite sporting event of the year, the Ryder Cup. I yeah, I love it. it. I just haven't got time to watch it. Well, it's absolutely, and, it's, and it, there's some unbelievable golf going on here this afternoon. The four balls is going to be. This is four 0 to Europe at the moment, but I tell you what, it's all going to go down to the singles again. It's going to be an intriguing one, and lots of content on that with our golf handicapper Simon Holden, who's been in good form actually uh, on the first on the first day. You can check him out on uh, at because we win on our Twitter account, and also you can check him out on the Instagram account where he's got some uh, some great picks there on every single day: the foursomes, the four balls, and the singles as well. So, uh, and we'll be out. I think we're going to be on location on Sunday. Watching the Ryder Cup somewhere with uh, with a lot of golf action going on, so we should, uh, we okay. should be quite fun on Sunday. I'm not, we're not, we haven't got that, got that confirmed it, yet, but we'll is see. Is it a secret it. location? That's no, not a secret location. It's Croydon. <laughs> it's not telling <laughs> a secret location, but it depends if whether it's a competitive singles. It, you know, if it's all over, we're not. I just said we're not going to go. But if it's uh, competitive, then we're then we're heading out on location. So I don't even uh, know where they're playing it. Is it in the states? It's in Rome. It's in is Rome. it oh, okay? Yeah, it's in Rome. Okay, so that's that uh, the loop clearly. Right. Well, well, check check the Instagram account out. Two two minutes, and you'll find out what's going on. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Uh, Matteo, it's all about Italian. Is it Matteo Analdi? He, mm-hmm. He's Italian, isn't he? He's Matteo yeah. Analdi. Yes, the twenty-two-year-old. He's up against Nicholas Jarry, who did us a big favour today uh, by landing uh, a plus one eighty-five cashing a ticket for us up against Stefano Sitsipas. Uh The money again here has come for the young Italian. Al Nardi has been very, very heavily supported in the early flurries with Bet Rivers. He's plus 114. Nicholas Jarry is minus 141. The pair have never met before. Uh, but if you look at Al Naldi, he's played some very good tennis uh, to reach this last 16. He's come through two tough qualification matches and he beat JJ Wolf in the first round here. Jarry uh, had a good match against Sitsipas, but again, do we do we take much into the Jarry performance or is it another one where we think it's a pass is just down tools again? I'm not quite sure about that result, but uh, the pub, the many public have spoken and they like Al Naldi. Yeah. This is, this is another one where the odds have moved. Um, and, and I've kind of missed the boat. I, I was a bit, this isn't the same as the other one where I was going to bet on Aldi at the price. He was about 2.34, I think when I first looked at him and I was kind of thinking about it and um and an R and it wasn't one where I, I feel like I've, missed a, a stunning value but I just wonder if Arnaldi can do the same thing to Nicholas Jarry that he did to to Jeff Wolf, which is kind of move him around expose the the movement the questionable movement of Jarry and the sort of mediocre defensive skills um of Jarry similar to to Wolf. um I, I, that's another match that I watched actually that the um the Jarry sits a pass and sits a pass he just looks I don't know it just doesn't look interested does exactly. he looks, he looks he looks almost kind of almost depressed on the court. He's just kind of, he's sort of going, he does look like he's going through the motions and it, you know, I, I, I do question the value of that Jerry win, but it was the right bet for us to take, to take Jerry hundred percent. But, you know, I think we were helped out a little bit by Sitsipas. If we look at the stats for between Arnaldi and Jerry, there's, there's not a great deal in it um, on main level stats, outdoor hard for 2023. Arnaldi, 56% win rate and a 99 service points, one return points, one total. Jarry, slightly better, 60% win rate and a 101 total. So slight advantage to Jarry. It's not it's not huge. I mean, Arnaldi, I think, is a, is a player to watch. You know, we we, t- uh, we uh, bet him to win Umag, didn't we, um, a little while ago. He was a little bit unlucky there. Uh, lost, I think lost to Popperin in the semis, didn't he, I think? Poppy you've got a better memory than me, Sean. I can't remember. I think he lost in the semis to Poppy Rin. It was unfortunate there. I watched him again last week against um, against Karatsev. He was lucky not to win that 
match 2-0 against Karatsev in, in Juhai in, in very, very quick conditions. And that's despite the fact that he had jet lag to deal with coming from Davis Cup, didn't have much time to acclimatise. He was he was a setting to break up and just couldn't get it done on Aldi. But Karatsev was in great form all week last week, you know, and on Aldi has shown that he can hang with these big hitters in quick conditions. So I, I think he's going to prove a, a very difficult obstacle for for jerry i then kind of thought well maybe tie breaks are interesting but jerry's he, he has been in the past a, a great one for tie breaks but he's actually only played one tie break match in his last nine hard court matches jerry so that's that's something that's kind of you know put me off back in potential tie breaks i was i was tempted to back on Aldi at 2.33 i was actually hoping that the odds would go slightly out to kind of 2.4 2.45 ish but now that they've come in, it's, it's kind of a running theme today. It's it's I don't feel like the value's there now. Yeah, uh, big, very popular play. And, and, and Aldi is what I didn't give you the prop markets. It is 29 different prop markets available at Rivers on this match. And all the other matches in Beijing, some of them have got 31 different markets available now. Uh, this match starts uh, early in the morning again. This is 12.30 a.m. to a.m. Just gone e- uh, midnight east, uh, mid- Eastern time here. So it's the first match on course. It's going to be... In the hot conditions here, uh, and Aldi's a one and a half underdog on the spread at minus 115. Jarry giving up one and a half is minus one and a half. And the total, as they are always in Jarry matches, very, very high. 23 and a half here with over minus 104. Uh, the final match uh, for us today, uh, it's Ugo Ember, a man that uh, has cost us a few quid uh, yes. in the past. He has cost us a few quid in the past against Andre Rublev. Uh, Andre Rublev is minus 305. Umber is plus 235. The spread is three and a half. Uh, Umber is receiving three and a half minus 105. And the total, again, is that common number today, 22 and a half. Um, Andre Rublev is a player that has played a lot of tennis this year. I mean, uh, his body language doesn't change. It looks exactly the same. You know, he, first game of the season, match of the season, he's, he looks exhausted. And the last match of the season, he's probably played 400 tennis matches in between there. But uh, he's played a lot. He's played an awful lot. And, you know, you're talking about someone who could be running on empty. Andre, Andre Rublev, after a long season, could be that man. He's a number five seed here. Uh, he leads 3-1 in the head head though against Umber. Uh, if Umber can get the serve going, as he did in Haller when he won 6-3-7-6, he's got a chance. But uh, in Indian Wells this year, Rublev won very easy 7-5-6-3 in the third round. Um Umber, I mean, he's one of my yes. <laughs> he's one of my players that I've when I saw him play that match at uh, Queen's Club, me and Umber had a very, 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 very uh, messy fallout. Yeah, that was that was painfully bad, was. wasn't it? From from it was against um, Ryan Peniston. Ryan Peniston, yeah, yeah. He never got going at all that day, did he? Umber, it was just everything was in the back fence. It was horrible. Um, he does have a, you've, you mentioned it there. He has a habit of costing me, Umber. He really does. Um, so what I've done here is I've I've taken a look at the two matches that Humber and Rublev have played on what I would consider to be reasonably quick conditions. So I've taken out the Indian Wells meeting and the clay meeting. So if you look at the stats of those the two matches that they played on grass and indoor hard, Rublev um won one of them seven five in the third. Uh Umber won the one on grass, as you said, six three, seven, six. But the stats show us that both guys have held serve eighty nine percent of the time in those two matches in, in quicker conditions and return points one of, uh, has been very, very low, particularly for Mumbai. He's only won 26% of his return points in those um, two matches. Rublev's done better, but still not great at 32%. So when it's been quick, the serves have been quite dominant between these two. So that immediately starts me thinking overs 
is a possibility. He said 22 and a half, didn't you, for the, the yeah. line? Um, so uh, plus one or two is the it's the it's the it's the underdog at uh, twenty two and a half as well. Yeah, that's certainly one line of attack on this one. Going further into the stats, Rublev does have a, a clear edge in terms of second serve points won. So in the neutral rallies away from the first serve, he's he's done a lot better. Fifty five percent of those points he's won, forty seven percent for Humbert. So it feels to me like Humbert's best tennis. Which, quite frankly, who knows whether he's going to produce it or not? He might. He might not. If he does produce his best tennis, I suspect it will be enough probably to win a set. So either the overs or the, the two one to Rublev, which was a 3.6 um, plus 260 chance with Bet Rivers earlier on, that, that would perhaps be the one I would be tempted to go for. I'd, I'm not sure I want to back a sort of 50-50 odds with someone like Umber who's so untrustworthy um, and inconsistent. So that, if I was betting in this match, I would probably go the 2-1 to, um, to Rublev. A two one to Rublev is it's plus two sixty. That is what the price you can get. Maybe brings in the overs, as Sean said, and maybe look at the I don't know, look at the set overs individually. But uh, there's a huge amount of markets available on the Bet Rivers website. I'm sure you'll find that there'd be more betting markets available on a tennis match there than any other sports book across the United States of America. Uh, Sean, uh, no official bet then. No, no, we've got have we got one official. Yeah, we bet? got one. Yeah, one, yeah what, we got. What one. was the one? There's Verev. I mean, Davidovich for yeah. against Zverev. We're going to go yeah. for Davidovich for to beat Zverev at plus one eighty-five. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so plus one eighty-five. But obviously, if the lines move on the Giron match in favour of Giron and the lines move uh, in favour of an Aldi or Rune, uh, we might pull the trigger a little bit on them and take the little bit of the value. But on the current lines, they're just leans. So uh, and often there as well as a lean as well, plus one sixty-five. But the only official bet is the underdog Alexandra Davidovich for in Beijing up against an absolutely exhausted. Uh, Alexander Zverev and I should give you the time again when that match starts that match starts at 9am Eastern time so you don't have to get you don't have to set the alarm clock early you can have a nice lie in and get up and you'll be able to watch the, the Premier League football around by that time as well so good afternoon for you as well uh, it's all the Premier League football uh, there's loads of content available on our Twitter account and our Instagram account as I said earlier it's at because we win you can also uh, follow us on our YouTube channel which is betting weekly studios there you'll find all our shows we've got the the EPL this week myself uh, Dan Roebuck and Jack Wright I've got a very very interesting show there's some great stats on there as well about uh, bounce backs in the uh, in Premier League football um what about this one Sean I'll give you a question the 20th heavy defeats in the Premier League. So teams that have been beaten, like the 9 nils, the 8 nils, and all that. Mm. The following matches in the teams that have lost, 16 of their matches have cashed on unders the following week. It's only four have gone over. They've worked on the defence. Right, so of, they've, lot, they've had a bit of a kick up the backside, shall yeah, we say, by, yeah. by the, the coach. And they've kind of come out and they've fought and scrapped for their lives in the next match and maybe not won it, but not conceded anywhere near as many goals. A is lot that, of them have won, surprisingly. They've won one nil. Teams have thought be eight nil there, but they've thought they've won by very low score, low margins. But they've if they have lost, they've lost narrowly. And for exactly those reasons. And the market just goes crazy on the over again. So the Sheffield United in action, they got beat eight nil last week and their match is plus one. I saw that match actually. Yeah. It's Newcastle, yeah. Yeah. So and that's an interesting stat for you there. Those are stats like that on the Premier League show. And also there is a European show with uh Danielle Fisher Keller 
We have James Eastham, our uh, La Liga expert, our senior soccer handicapper, Steve Wiss, and Dan Roebuck again, giving you the best bets on the European soccer this weekend. There's a great, so head to the Betrivers website. What a sporting week this week is. There's the NFL as well, big action state side. The batch at Wembley this weekend. They've, I've been I've been invited along to Wembley. I just I'm going to go and watch the Ryder Cup. I'm afraid uh, in sunny Croydon. So you got What's the NFL. Not Wembley? I don't even know. NFL is it? Yeah, you got Jacksonville against Atlanta at Wembley this week. So it's a big NFL. I'm week. well out of the loop, me. I'm I've, I'm just tennis only. That's the problem. Yeah, you got the Beijing tennis. You've got Ryder Cup. You have got EPL and European soccer. What a time! What a time to be alive. Soccer's and, it's, the, and the weather's great as the well. The weather's great. This is this is brilliant. Anyway, so. Uh, It'll be doom and gloom next week, so just make the most of it. <laughs> and obviously, you can uh, download this podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, which is available on your preferred podcast provider. Uh, Sean's hitting some good form as well, so things are going well. Two successively good weeks on the and the and the Asian swing, and we've got two players into the quarterfinals in Kazakhstan. So uh, let's hope that we can get them across the line as well. So Sean, uh, enjoy your weekend, and remember we're Thank back uh, on different days, only till next week, and then we're back to normal when the tour starts again in Europe in a couple of weeks' time. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, good luck on your bets. Good luck uh, if you're safe travels if you're coming over to Wembley for the NFL, and uh, good luck on your wages if you're betting on the Ryder Cup this weekend. Take care. 